0: blog talk radio
1: you're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on blog talk radio greetings this is your host Dr. E.J. McKenzie with the Master Key. We want to congratulate you for joining us today to hear the heart of the mind of heaven for the earth. I pray today was a great, awesome, powerful day. The day is whatever you and I make today. God is the creator of the heavens, the earth, the world, and all day that dwells therein. He's put all things in the hands of humanity. Now, the church. This is a time that God is getting ready to allow heaven to invade the earth in ways and dimensions that we have never experienced before. Are you ready for that? I am. Let me give you a few announcements before we get started today. <clears throat> Um those of you um, that have called in in the past uh, on the 800 number, I uh, got rid of that because I have not, uh, that was specifically, um, was established for those that were called in and had questions. <clears throat> and since uh, we never had anyone to call in that number for questions, so there uh, was no need for us to continue to carry a debt well, we never was not debt I paid for it. But so since it wasn't being used, so we terminated it. So we no longer have that 1-800 number. So that if we only have the regular calling number, which is 347-237-5493. Uh, once again, that's 347 237 those of you that is on chat uh if you desire to uh have any questions rather you can uh, type it in and uh we will um uh do our best by the grace of god to answer your question and those on chat uh call one of your family and friends and have them to join us either on chat or on our regular call uh guest call in number um uh, we just changed uh, our prayer number Uh, we usually have prayer at the last Monday, the last Tuesday and the last Wednesday of every month so because of the uh, holiday season many people be in and out of town Um, so therefore we decided to have it uh, started this week and uh, because we had a mandate from God to do uh, well, the Lord didn't tell us, but we always going to fast at the beginning of every year, but I felt uh, led to do a three-day uh, fast every month um, this month, this year. And so, therefore, we're concluding it starting today. We will end it on uh, Wednesday. Uh, so we changed our uh, regular prayer line. We have a new number and code that I'm going to give you the playback uh, number as well. We do have a, a reference uh, a code, a reference number for this morning's prayer line. Our new number is area code 7124323900. Once again, our new number is area code 7124323900. Our code is 287381 pounds. Once again, I have a new code, uh, is 287381 pounds. The playback number is area code 712-432-3903. And it's the same code. But the reference number for this morning's prayer line is two zero one four four once again the reference number is two zero one four 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 nine you can also go to the website these will be posted uh on the website ejmpcc.com you can go there uh, once we um, have done this for about a week or two a couple of months rather we will not be uh making the announcement uh, you just go to the uh, web and uh, all the reference numbers of every prayer, uh, it will be there. So uh, feel free to log in and pray along with us and to battle along with us and to war along with us. One of the most frustrating things with the majority of believers when it comes down to receiving the manifestation of the blessings of God in our lives is the resistance of Satan. Uh, Sometimes I think we think that it it is magic. Uh, That if I just pray, if I just say, Satan, I bind you, it's automatically uh, done. Uh, It is done from the perspective of Jesus really defeated him and stripped him of his authority uh, on Calvary's cross and he rose with all authority and notice now he didn't rise with all power the scripture does not say that now I know what it says in the King James Version in Matthew 28 there that when Jesus rose from the dead he rose with all power the Greek word there is not but is exousa which is authority Satan knows and understands greater than the average believer that uh, the kingdom of God, everything, really, in the heavens as well as in the earth, it rides on the principle of authority, not power. Authority is the legal right to exercise power. So what happens is when we begin to pray in war or battle or we are birthing our prophetic word into the earth realm, we got to understand without a doubt, ladies and gentlemen, but there is an enemy that's going to attempt to engage us even though he know he's illegal. He's illegal. You say, what makes him illegal? Because when Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible says he rose with all authority in heaven and in earth, in heaven and in earth, in heaven and in earth. If he rose with all authority, that means Satan does not have authority. The only way that Satan can operate in the earth realm is through the manipulation of your authority. He is a master a manipulator, a master deceiver. Our uh, uh, parents, uh, first parents, Adam and Eve, was made in the image and the likeness of God. Of course, you and I was in the Lawrence of Adam and Eve at the time. But God trained Adam personally. <laughs> uh, uh, who can say that that God Himself, God, not an angel, not a prophet, not an apostle, but God trained Adam personally, and Adam sinned. So we got to understand that we are no match to Him, but through the person of the Holy Spirit, we are greater than him because you and I are born of the spirit of God. Now I'm, I'm sharing this for a reason here because I know many Christians, many, many pastors, uh, uh, that I'm in relationship with. Uh, I've heard the frustration. I heard the aggravation from time to time, the satanic attacks against them, uh, their congregation, their finances, their health, uh, and, uh, and all of us, these preachers that know, preach excellent word, preach truth. See, it's one thing to preach truth. It's another thing to know truth and be solidified in truth. Because you got to understand something. Satan is going to resist. That's his job. His job is to resist you and I, from receiving the manifestation of what God has promised us and what God has already delivered to us. But Satan is already defeated. He has already been conquered. The Bible let us know in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, that the Father has placed all things under the feet of Jesus. Everything. Everything. And in the above verse there, around about 18, 19, it says um, that he began to give some names or some things that has been placed upon the feet of Jesus. Uh, he has been highly exalted for above principalities and powers and mights and dominion and every name that is named. Everything that have a name to it, the Father has placed it upon the Jesus feet and highly exalted Jesus above it. He's been highly exalted above it. Then the Bible goes on to say in the book of Colossians that you and I have been delivered from the powers of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. Every enemy God has placed upon the Jesus feet. God has highly exalted him above every work of darkness that is operating in our nation and the nations of the world. Every adverse spirit, God has highly exalted him. Now, think about it. Think about it. But we don't see all, the scripture says it in Hebrews, but we don't see all things placed under his feet. So the Bible talks about it in Ephesians as well as Hebrews, that God has placed all things up under the feet of Jesus. But it says, but well, we don't see all things placed up under his feet. Then it goes on to say, the next verse, says, but we see Jesus. We don't see all things placed, even though the Father has placed them up under the feet of Jesus, but we don't see all things placed on his feet, but we see Jesus. Now, when God placed all things under the feet of Jesus, what was God actually doing? He was placing them up under your feet. Your feet? My feet? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. So how can you say that? Because you and I are Christ's body. You and I are the feet of Jesus. Are you hearing me? And the Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 10 that God will give us authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Luke ten nineteen. Nothing. You said, but pr- preacher, I-, I hear what you're saying, but I'm being hurt. No, you've been attacked. And what has been attacked is truth. What has been attacked is your identity. What has been attacked is your righteousness. What has been attacked is your health. What has been attacked is your wealth. What has been attacked is your destiny and your purpose. Your reason of existence and being has been attacked. It's already been solidified. It's already been solidified. The blood of the Lamb solidifies you. The blood of Jesus solidifies your destiny. The blood of Jesus solidifies your purpose. The blood of Jesus solidifies your righteousness and your holiness. The blood of Jesus solidifies your prosperity. The Bible says in Ephesians 1 verse 3, it says that God has blessed us with all, not some, all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. Now let's break this down for us to understand how this works and what your role is, my role is, in this earth realm. Now notice the scripture tells us uh, in the book of Colossians that we've been delivered from the powers of darkness and we've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son, the kingdom of Christ Jesus. Now, we do understand and realize, according to the book of Luke, I think, chapter seventeen twenty, that the kingdom of God comes not with observation. No one will be able to say, lo here, lo there, for the kingdom of God is within you, or, in other words, the kingdom of God is invisible. The real you is an invisible being that's living in a visible body. What keeps you and I in this natural realm is what comes from this realm. Our bodies come from this realm. Man is a tripod type being, spirit, soul, and body. I personally believe that man is a soul, not a spirit, but the majority of of, of, uh, my contemporaries believe that man is a spirit. And the reason I believe that man is a soul and not a spirit is because when God breathed into man's nostril, the breath of life, the Bible says that man became a living soul. He became a living soul. In the book of Isaiah chapter 53, when the Bible says when God offered Jesus as an offering for our sin, the Bible says his soul travailed, not his spirit. His spirit did not go to hell. His soul went to hell. This is a, uh, something that I really don't want to get into. We, we, we're we doing a series at this present time uh, where we finished volume one uh, called The Anatomy of Man. Helping men, helping us to understand the functions of a man's spirit, the functions of a man's soul, and the function of a man's body. Just like the Father is a trinity, mankind, humanity is a trinity. But the problem with us, we are a trinity, but the only part that we are able to identify with is the the lowest uh, 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 portion of our constitution, which is our bodies. That is the lowest form of creation. The lowest form of who you are is your physical body. The Bible says um, that our minds, uh, our lives is renewed by our minds. Change takes place by our mind. And the reason I'm bringing this out at this present time, going back to dealing with Satan, Satan is a fallen angel. He is a spiritual being. The Bible said God breathed into man's nostril the breath of life. It didn't say he breathed into man's nostril the spirit of God. The breath of life and man became a living soul. So a man's soul comprises a dimension of his body and a dimension of of the breath of God. The breath of God becomes man's spirit. The purpose of the breath of God is to communicate our, our human spirit. That is the entity that God has given us to be able to communicate, to fellowship, and to tap into the realm of God. To communicate into the realm of God. To tap into the realm of God. That is the part uh, that died when man sins. His human spirit. Every person that is not born again, their spirit man is dead. And when I mean dead, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. The word death in the Bible does not mean existence It means separation, disconnected. So man's spirit has been disconnected from God, those that is not born again. Jesus says it like this in John 3, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. What makes us born of flesh is that we was formed, shaped in sin and iniquity, and our mother's wound, wound according to David, Psalms um, fifty-one, born in sin, in shape, in iniquity. So therefore, man was born flesh. So therefore, man have to be born again. Disconnect, he's born disconnected from God. That's why the Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 8, he that does not have the Spirit of God in him is none of his. I think it's 8, 9. He that does not have the Spirit of God in him is none of his. Other words, the person that does not have the Spirit of God in them does not belong to God. So we all belong to one or two entities, uh, ruling entities, God or Satan. That's why we have to be born again not born again of the soul not born again of the body as nicodemus could did not understand he said how can a man be born again does he enter the second time into his mother's womb and jesus said don't you supposed to be a teacher don't you supposed to be a doctor of the law and you don't understand this he couldn't understand it because he wasn't spiritual he was a, a, a teacher, but he wasn't a spiritual teacher. And the reason he wasn't a spiritual teacher is because he wasn't born again. Are you getting this? Because I want to deal with prayer tonight, warfare tonight, intercession tonight, how this thing worked, ladies and gentlemen, and why so many have been frustrated because they have not seen their prayers answered and they have aborted them. But all prayers must be done, especially our spiritual warfare. It must be done from the medium of your spirit, which is like God. That's the portion of God that every human being have. Every human being, even the ones that are sinners, they have it, but they're dead to it until they become born again. Your human spirit has been given you to be able to communicate with the most high God. That's the portion what makes you you is your soul your personality. your soul is your personality that is who you really are who so you are a person. are you hearing me? Is Satan a person? Yes, he is. He's not a human being, but he's a person. There's a distinction between a person and a human being. A person is a personality. A personality can see, hear, smell, taste, and feel. People say, your spirit can see, taste, smell, feel. Let's look at your soul can Let's look in the word of the Lord that when there was a rich ruler and there was a beggar called Lazarus, both of them died. One went to hell, the rich man, and Lazarus went into the bosom of Abraham. Remember the word of the Lord that the rich man was telling God how hot it was there let me go back to the earth and warn my family. If Lazarus could only come and, 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 and it give me a drop of cold water, cause it's hot. His body stayed on earth. Lazarus' body stayed on earth. When you and I die, and our time to leave here, we will stay on earth. Our bodies. Your spirit will go back to God as well as your soul will go to heaven or hell. Depends on if you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Are you comprehending this? It's very important that we understand because most Christians don't understand it. And that's where frustration comes in because we don't even know ourselves. We don't know the function of our spirit, the function of our souls, and the function of our body. So the enemy can easily manipulate us. That's why the the majority of people, every thought that comes into their mind, they think it's them. And they don't know how to differentiate between a thought of the devil and a thought that comes from God. Are you getting this? So, therefore, man's spirit has been given him to be able to directly communicate with God. That is the part, that is what must, you and I must be influenced by. That is where the Holy Spirit come to live. That is where Jesus come to live through the person of the Holy Spirit in our human spirit. Do Satan know that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So if the Spirit of God lives in our human spirit, and the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I think it's around about verse 7, for the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning of spirits, gifts of faith, gifts of healing, workers of miracles, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. So here's these nine manifestations. But where, where is the Holy Spirit? In my human spirit. So how the Holy Spirit manifests in himself when my soul yields to my human spirit? Ladies and gentlemen, we have a whole series on this. I mean, we have about, I think we did about 12 messages on this so far. Uh, you really need to uh, 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 get these. You can go to our website if you desire to. and It will really be a blessing to you to help you to understand you in a greater dimension. So the Holy Spirit lives in my human spirit. But watch this right here. The Bible says in the book of Galatians chapter 5 that the flesh, my Adamic nature, wars against the spirit and the spirit wars against the flesh. Now the spirit there is the Holy Spirit in Galatians talking about. For the spirit wars against the flesh and the flesh wars against the spirit. But where is the battleground? Where is the war taking place? The medium of your uh, constitution, but what is the medium of my constitution? My soul, my mind, my will, my emotional affection—all of these is a the part of my soul. And the enemy understands: whoever captures the man's soul captures the man, even if the man have the Holy Spirit on the inside of him. Then the Holy Spirit becomes inoperative. The Holy Spirit becomes inactive. The Holy Spirit becomes ineffective. Are you getting this? In the Bible, in the Old Testament, when they capture a city, the goal was, when they capture the city, was to capture the king. To get the king, you got the city. You have his subjects. There's absolutely no difference than today. The enemy understands if I can just capture a man's soul, <coughs> then I have his king. I have his king. And the way the enemy operates, he understands that. you got to understand, he's not greater than the Holy Spirit. But he understands the laws that governs the constitution of man. Satan understands the laws that governs a man's spirit, the laws that governs a man's soul, and the laws that governs a man's body. Satan understands the part of man that makes him like God more than anything is his will. No animal have a will. Only men and women that is made in the image and the likeness of God has a will. That is what makes you and I just like God, the power to decide. Satan understands that, and that's how he manipulates us, because he has no authority. Authority has been taken away from him, but if I yield my will to him, I just surrendered my authority to him. Now he manipulates and perpetrates me because I gave him the very authority that I was born with. Are you getting this? When you and I come in agreement with our bodies, that is contrary to what God has done for you and I on Calvary's cross. When that takes place, ladies and gentlemen, then I now become an enemy. Remember the word of the Lord in Romans 8? It says a carnal mind is enmity against God. That's the enemy's ultimate goal: is to make me an enemy of God. Since he knows he cannot conquer us or defeat us unless we give him permission. See, so we do have a, a question, and we're going to go ahead and allow this caller nine five four nine nine three. What is your? Uh, do you have a question?
0: Uh, yes um, my One of my friends had gave me your number And I've been uh, This is my first time hearing you But um, you, you hit it on the key on like last week When you talk about That we've been going through To trial and tribulations and stuff like that And we've been seeking and praying And asking God to help us And stuff like that But I really want to know what God's going to do Before 2013 for me I've been say since I was 18 years old and never look back. And it's sometimes it'd be hard for me because I take care of my father and he got he's got all time. He's eighty one years old and I do pray and I do seek God for answers. And I stay in my word. And I believe but some days I be weary. I be weary a lot because I don't see the manifest um, the manifesting the 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 prayer that I pray. I pray for the for the answer but I don't see it. So what you got? What what you could do for a person like me, who believe in God for everything, that He's gonna raise her up to be a great woman of God, but she don't see no result.
1: Okay. Um, what's your name?
0: Oh, Yvette Paul.
1: Yvette, Yvette.
0: Yeah, Yvette Paul. Yes.
1: Okay, Yvette. I'm going to uh, uh, share. that. that's a very very good question that you just asked. And so many people is experiencing uh, what Yvette uh, has, uh, uh, is experiencing and has experienced. And we get frustrated. I get, when is, uh, uh, about when your word is going to come to pass? I've been waiting on you. This is this, whatever the case may be. Now, I need everyone to understand how God operates. you got to understand how you operate. God is a God of principle. And, and Yvette made a statement and said, well, when I'm going to become this woman of God, that God, you know, has said I'm going to be and promised that I'm going to be. And see, that's the manipulation. See, Yvette is already that woman of God. She She's already the woman of God that God has ordained, appointed, and known her to be. Now, she may not be fully manifested at this present time. And what Yvette needs to understand, when hell breaks loose against her, It is designed for Yvette not to come forth. It is designed for Yvette to begin to doubt. Because the only thing that pleases God is faith. The moment Yvette and you and I became born again, the moment you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you became that great woman of God. You became that great man of God. You're already it. But what happens is... uh, What you are on the inside must be developed. And so there's times you gotta understand development takes place through pressure, development takes place through opposition. And sometimes the very opposition that we're experiencing, we reject it because we call it the devil. And many times it's really not the devil, the majority of times, it's not the devil. What God is doing, He's uh, using the pressure. He's using the opposition. Why you will continue to stand? And I like what I heard Yvette say. But I'm still standing. You know, I'm I'm still praying. But sometimes we do get a little frustrated. Everybody, everybody, uh, 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 get challenged from time to time because we don't see the manifestation. But you keep on pressing, and you keep on pressing. But you don't give up, and you don't quit, and you don't give up, and you don't quit. And you don't give up, you know, quit. What is happening in the midst of that, uh, you are being developed. And there's a day that's going to come, um, you're going to fully manifest if you continue to stand. But what I notice also is this right here. There are so many people, they aborted at the last minute. Because so I've just been way too long. Everything must not be God. And the moment you make that statement, the moment you say, it must not be God, or maybe I have sinned, uh, it'll never come to pass. The moment you say that, even if you don't verbalize it with your, heart, your, your mouth, but your actions uh, dictates that. You just gave Satan your authority. You just turned your rights over into the hands of Satan. That is why faith is the only thing that brings pleasure to God. Why? Even though we have a physical body, we have a soul and a spirit. The soul and the spirit is invisible. The body is the only thing that is visible. The reason faith pleases God is because God has created humanity, all human beings. He created us to live by the inspiration of the realm of God, not the created realm. The created realm, once again, is the lowest form is the lowest form of creation, the lowest form. What you can see, hear, smell, taste, and feel is the lowest form. And when you and I submit to, get frustrated by what we see, hear, smell, taste, and feel, what we're saying is the creation is more real to us than the creator himself. That's that's exactly what we're saying. We're saying the creator uh, the 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 creature... Are uh, the creation, the creation is more real than God Himself. And that is not true. And that's why God wants you and I to live, to walk, and to conduct ourselves by faith. The old even the Old Testament said that just shall live by faith. Live by faith is living by what God says, what God promised. But you gotta understand something. This is how it works. The natural is always designed to fight the invisible, uh, 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 the uh, the supernatural. Uh, The visible is always designed to fight the invisible. Always is designed to fight it. So the goal is to get you frustrated and to get you aggravated, to get you to throw your hands up and say, I'm tired. I just can't take it no more. But usually that's when God steps in because usually Usually, the majority of all of us, when we can do it in our own strength, our flesh said we don't need God. That's how our flesh operates. And that's going back to the function of the spirit, the function of the soul, and the function of the body. The flesh is designed to war against the spirit. Why? Because it's trying to paralyze your spirit and paralyze the Holy Spirit. Now, it cannot paralyze the Holy Spirit directly directly. It paralyzes the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is paralyzed uh, by the decision I make, by my belief system, by my belief system. The Holy Spirit will not override me. The Holy Spirit will not make uh, me yield to him. The Holy Spirit will not force himself to manifest the gifts of the Spirit in my life. It's not going to happen. Everything is by consent. That's the act of man's will, by consent. So that's how it works. Warfare is always usually something that is natural warring against um, the supernatural in you. Your spirit is supernatural. Your soul is supernatural. It's invisible. And so what you and I have to do is continue to hold on to the unadulterated, infallible words. Now remember once again, the book of James says, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways, and let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. Do you say to know that scripture. Absolutely, absolutely. Now notice what he said: a double-minded man, not a double-minded spirit. A double-minded, double-minded, double-minded mind, mind, soul. The part of his soul, the part that makes decisions, the part. That says, uh, 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 I'm standing with God, or the part that becomes resolute and unshakable and unwavering. That's what happened with Abraham. And so therefore, as Abraham being the father of faith, you and I must function, amen, and take up a pattern from Abraham. The Bible says, uh, uh, when there was no reason to believe anymore, all the natural reasons to believe was gone. All the natural evidence that God is going to do this is gone. But he made a decision that he was going to hope against hope. Natural hope was gone. Natural evidence was gone. So he says, I'm going to hope against it. I'm going to hope against it. So you're not to have to hope against every enemy of our destiny, every enemy of our purpose, every enemy of our prophetic word. Every enemy of the things that God has revealed to us by way of dreams a vision. We got to hold on to it. Why? Because that's how God has a legal entrance into this realm to accomplish what he desires to accomplish for you. It's our faith. It's our holding on in the midst of opposition, in the midst of hell breaking loose against us. We stand firm. We do not allow a negative word to be released out of our mouth. We need to learn how to do this. You have to separate yourself, sometimes, from your best friends that don't believe, that is negative. The enemy uses people. He uses people. So if you're believing and your best friend don't believe, well, you may have to separate yourself for a season. Not not you, you become an enemy of your friend, but at this present time, my friend is not helping me. Every time I'm around my friend, it's always negativism. They're always speaking negative. They're always speaking doubt and unbelief. Don't you understand that stuff is contagious? The Bible tells us not to walk with those kind of people. The Bible is an evil, uh, 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 King James is communication, but it's not communication. Uh, 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 is behavior. Evil behavior corrupts good manners. What's the evil behavior? Doubt is an evil behavior. Unbelief is evil behavior. So therefore, sometimes you have to separate yourself from individuals that have such a negative attitude because it will affect you. you try, you're holding on for dear life to believe God. You're holding on for dear life to trust God. So, therefore, therefore you need, listen, they got call waiting today. They got all this stuff. Uh, I Call his ID. That's what a nigga. Call his ID. So, so, if you're not your best friend, but every time you get on the phone with them, if always such something negative, don't even answer the phone. Because you are saving your soul right now. You are saving your life right now. And you holding on. you holding on by a thread. You need all of the word of faith that you can get to keep you holding on and trusting God until the manifestation comes. You have to be bold enough to do that. You have to be courageous enough to do that. For God to be able to give you exactly what he has promised you. It's by faith. But once again, some things it's the devil, but a majority of it is God. God must test my faith. God must test your faith. The Bible tells us in Peter concerning the testing of our faith is more precious than gold. What is he saying there? What God has promised you, the testing of your faith is greater than what God promised you. If God promised you a spouse, the testing of your faith is greater than the spouse. If God has promised you a home, the testing of your faith is greater than the home. If God has promised you whatever, the testing of your faith is greater. Why? Because if your faith, if you hold on by faith, Your faith will produce it, and the faith that produced it will be the faith that sustains it, the faith that keeps it. Are you getting this? But if you get the blessing, if you receive the promise, and your faith was wavering, when the devil comes to challenge your promise, when he comes to challenge the manifestation of your promise, what's going to happen? You're going to abort it. You're going to abort it. I was talking to someone, uh, one of my spiritual sons of the other day, and I was talking to him the distinction between being rich and being wealthy. A lot of people want to be rich. And, and 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 a person that is rich can lose everything and never gain it back again. But a person that is wealthy can lose everything and he will always gain it back. Why? The difference is Riches is having things. Wealth is a state of being. It's a mindset. And that's why you see some people that goes into business, they lose everything. Next thing you know, they bounce right back up again. A uh, few months later, a few years later, because they are wealthy. They may not have riches, but they have wealth. Wealth is a state of being. It's a mentality. And that means wherever you are you will begin to draw that to you. It will begin to come to you. Whatever you become, it comes to you. It's attracted to you. It's looking for you, to find you. Because like attracts like. God created things according to its kind. That is why people that is normal... Men is attracted to women. Women is attracted to men. Human beings is attracted to human beings. Like attracts like. Human beings uh, is, uh, is, uh, is an attracted to a horse or a dog as a bait. Like attracts like. So, whatever you become, you're going to attract that. And that's what it says. Whatever you become, and that's the key. Not whatever you have, but whatever you become, because you can have something, and it's taken away from you. But if you become something, it can never be taken away from you, because you are it. Are you getting this today? So, ladies and gentlemen, as we begin to understand the dynamics of how this thing worked, I want to let the caller know that I appreciate her. Her. Uh, 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 question that she had and I know it was a blessing uh to others that uh probably had the same thing in their heart in their mind so frustrated and aggravated they've been waiting for so many years and I don't understand and nothing is happening I've been holding on and holding on <laughs> I remember I used to be just like that uh, when I first got saved and uh and I knew God was going to raise me up, man. I just knew God was going to do this right here. And, and I fasted and I prayed. I fasted and I prayed and I fasted and I prayed. Let me share another principle with everybody on this line here so you don't get manipulated and tricked. show you my life, my testimony. My testimony is my life. God spoke something to me years ago. And uh, I remember a preacher Prophesied out of my life, said the next 10 years, God is going to do this, God is going to do that. And I said to that preacher, I didn't say it to him personally, but I said it within myself, ain't no way in this world. 10 years, I was in my early, early 20s, and 10 years seemed like I was, I was going to be an old man. <laughs> that's how all young people think. And nothing and happens in the 10 years. Because I say to myself... All the fasting I do, all the prayer I do, there's no way in this world it's going to take me 10 years before God accomplished this and accomplished that. It was 10 years. The preacher was right on the money. And the spirit of God gave me a message out of that. And my subject was, it won't be fine until the acceptable time. Now, I don't know how to cook. I can survive. Uh... But my mother was an excellent baker, Uh, always baked cakes and pies and all kind of things. One thing I know about a cake, because I've seen it happen before, when a cake is in an oven, and you can look in an oven, that cake has browned. On the outside, it looks great. It is brown will not you take the cake out? It's done. If you take that cake out, what's going to happen? If it does not stay in there according to the prescribed time, what's going to happen when you take that cake out? Those of you that's not a cook on, on here, or bake, it's going to fall. Because it's really not done. It's really not ready. Everybody on this broadcast today, God has promised you the things. And the moment he promised it to you, you felt like he was ready. We all think we're ready. But God knows when we are ready. Because God, if God took you out of the fire, going to the uh, back to the young lady asked the question. She tomorrow the hell break loose. If he took you out of the fire, if he took you out of the oven, You won't be fine. You're going to fall. On the outside, you smell good. On the outside, you look good. But you're not ready internally. So God has to keep us in the oven. And always understand this right here. Now notice this right here. When you receive your prophetic word, and when God promises you, you're like the dough or the cake batter that is being mixed at the time, but God has a preheated oven prepared for us. He don't put us in the oven and turn the heat up. The heat is already turned up. I think it's 350 degrees. I might be mistaken, cause like I said, I don't cook. I don't know to bake. But the oven is preheated. Well, let's just say 350. It is preheated 350. Boy, you smell good. Hey, Amen. The battle, all of the ingredients is in there. Man, you say, man, I know I'm ready. I'm anointed. I know the word. See, all of those is ingredients. But you you can't go just by, go and accomplish this just because you have the ingredients. God have to put you and I in an oven that everything that we have, everything that we are, all the ingredients that's on the inside of us, that he is going to make them gel, is going to make it come together, is going to make it unify, is going to make it harmonize. So you and I, my spirit, my soul, and my body will, uh, will walk in harmony with the spirit of the living God. And always understand this right here. The longer it takes, usually the better it is, the better you become. So don't get frustrated. Don't get aggravated because uh, the word of the Lord, uh, what God spoke to you, had not come to pass yet. I believe the young lady was Yvette. But let me share something with everybody on this line. We have entered into a season that is second to none. We have entered into a season. People that have been waiting for years and waiting for years and waiting for years, let me share something with you. We have entered, not going to, we have entered into a season of restoration. Are you hearing me? All that time, the frustration, the aggravation, God was, Bring you to a place of maturity. The cake had to mature. It had to go into a preheated oven. Remember Jesus? Was baptized by John. He came out of the water. A voice came from heaven. Said, This is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. The Spirit of God descended upon him like a dog. See, that should be joy, right? That's Matthew chapter 3, the last three verses. Then chapter 4 says, immediately the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After his baptism, he was led immediately into a preheated oven. Immediately into a preheated oven. And he was challenged by the devil, and we know, according to the word of the Lord, uh, that is how you are made. See, it's one thing to have the Spirit, but it's another thing to be empowered by the same Spirit. It's the same Spirit that Jesus uh, received after he came out of the water of the grave, sustained him in that wilderness. It is written, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. And the Bible says, uh, beautiful. Read that same situation in the book of Luke in the Amplified Version. The scripture says, uh, after Satan's, it is a Satan, after the cycle of temptation, Satan left him for a more opportune time. A cycle. That means, that should show you something. That means um, everybody have a probation period. Everybody have a time period. Everybody has a period that God has given Satan to test you, to try you, to try to manipulate you, to tempt you, to try to get you to fall because God has already equipped you and I to stand. He said when the cycle of temptation has ended, then he left him for more, the scripture says, A more opportune time. He's always plotting. He's always planning. He's always strategizing against us. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why you can't afford to go on a vacation. When I say vacation, I'm not talking about a physical vacation. I'm talking about a vacation from your relationship with God. You cannot afford to vacate your prayer life. You cannot afford to vacate um, your study life. You cannot afford to vacate your communion life. Ladies and gentlemen, do you not understand, as long as you and I live in this world, there will be an enemy that's plotting against you and I day and night, and that's the problem with the majority of Christians. When we, we, we get relaxed and we let our guards down, you have to be alert every single day. You can enjoy life being alert. By living in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. This is how this thing works, ladies and gentlemen. This is how it worked. But notice what the Scripture says also but after the temptation. The Bible says he came out in the power of the Spirit. When he when the cycle of temptation ended... He came out in the power. He did not enter in in the power. He entered in baptized with the Holy Spirit. But he came out empowered by the Holy Spirit. And how was he empowered by the Holy Spirit? He constantly yielded to the Spirit of God during his time of temptation. That should show our caller that asked the question what is happening? You are being empowered. All the frustration, things seem like it's never going to come to pass what God has promised you. As you continue to hold on, not quit, not give up, continue to praise him, continue to worship him, continue to speak faith, continue to confess what God has already promised you and said about you. What is happening? You are being empowered. And there's a day that's going to come. The cycle temptation is going to be over with. And when it's over with, you're going to come out just like Jesus in the power of the Holy Ghost. Not just having the Holy Ghost, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, so I feel the Holy Ghost. You will come out. And you will become a demonstrator of the kingdom. You will become a demonstrator of the kingdom. And Jesus came out in the power of the Spirit. He went into the temple, the Bible says. He opened up the book of Isaiah 61 and began to read it. For the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, who has anointed me, to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, and go on and on and on. And then he closed the book and said, this scripture has been fulfilled. Do you see the pattern there? There's a day that's going to come that you won't have to open up a book, but you can stand up in front of Mr. Pe and says, "This day, the Word of God for my life has been fulfilled. I am it. I am that's what Jesus was saying. I am isaiah sixty one 1, 2, and 3, I think that's what he read, 1, 2, and 3. I am Isaiah 61. You don't have to read it anymore. All you got to do is look at me and embrace me. I am Isaiah 61. So, the very thing that God has promised you, the very thing that God has said about you, you and I must become that word. You and I must become the man and the woman that God has ordained, appointed, and anointed us to be. But Satan's goal is to block it. Satan's goal is to stop it. Satan's goal is to try to frustrate you and I for us not to come forth. That's his job. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Well, I already made a decision a long time ago that I am the man of God that God has ordained, appointed, and anointed me to be. I am the husband that God has ordained, appointed, and anointed me to be. I am the father that God has ordained, appointed, and anointed me to be. I am the businessman that God has ordained, appointed, and anointed me to be. I am the shepherd that God has ordained, appointed, and anointed me to be. I am the apostle that God has ordained, appointed, and anointed me to be. I am healed. I am delivered. I am free. I am blessed. You got to say that in the midst of hell when all hell has broken loose against you, and everything seemed like it'll never happen, you gotta hope against hope. You just keep on standing on the unadulterated word of the living God and, and 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 sometimes God will not allow you to be around people to encourage you. Don't look for encouragement. Let God send encouragement to you. Because if you look for it, that's the time God is not going to send it. God wants to be your encourager. God wants to be your portion. So if if you if you've been an encouragement to other people and nobody's encouraging you, it ain't the devil. Because God must purify my heart and your heart. So what do you mean, preacher? I can encourage people, and my motive is going to be wrong. I'm encouraging them because I want encouragement back. It don't work that way. It don't work that way. Everything that you and I do, you must do it as unto the Lord and not unto man. See, my time is up. I have a watch night service, ladies and gentlemen. For those that do not have a watch night service, on December the 31st, we will be at the Embassy Suites Hotel, uh, 3974 South River Drive. That's the Miami um, Airport Embassy Suites Hotel. That's um, uh, December the 31st, 10 p.m., ladies and gentlemen, 10 p.m at the uh, Embassy Suites Hotel. Come join us if you do not have. Also, once again, our prayer line new number will be in the, in the morning at 530. Come join us tomorrow morning at 530, 712 The code is 287381. Once again, seven one two four three two thirty nine hundred. 432 Code, once again, 287381. And we do have a playback number. And that playback number is seven one two four three two thirty nine zero three with the same code pound. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure being with you. I pray that the Lord God has encouraged you, spoke to you, built you up, and 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 your faith has been stirred up in a greater dimension to continue to press. But this is your season of manifestation. And you can take it to the back, the young lady, I uh, think, Yovana, uh, uh, Yolanda, uh, f- forgive me if I mis- mispronounce your name. This is a season. 2013 is going to be for you. 2013 is going to be better for you. Ladies and gentlemen, love you, appreciate you, thank God for you. Look forward to being with you tomorrow at 6 p.m. God bless you. This has been your host, Dr. E.J. McKenzie with The Master Key.